All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's episode 41 of the Daily Intermission, joined by my co-host, Nate. Nate, how are we doing, buddy? Not too bad, buddy. The uh, weather's been great, and my golf rounds have been the opposite. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, inconsistent, to say the least. Um, what was it? Last week, I was... Well, I went... When, two Wednesdays ago, I was 95, which is just... Like, I'm not like a stick, but like a, that's that's pretty high. Like usually I'd be like if I had a shit round I'd be like high 80s probably I think. So I was like 95 and then I went out and then when we celebrated last weekend I had the 78. Yep. So my last three rounds have been 95, 78, 94. Yeah, I mean there's <laughs> definitely a little inconsistency there. <laughs> yeah, the 20 stroke fucking inconsistency. Yeah. Uh, I mean the, the game is about consistency, but I mean that's just how it goes sometimes, you know, you you have a good round and and it's sandwiched by by two bad ones. But you know what? Uh, I think you'll you'll you you'd sacrifice trade in those those ninety fives ninety fours for the seventy eight. Oh my god! I'd shoot a hundred. Yeah, for another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I got to get another one first. No, it's been a jam packed week of sports, Nate. It's been uh, super exciting all across the landscape. But uh, we're gonna start things off and set the scene in California. Tory Pines. It's the U.S. Open, and the two round clubhouse leader. Richard Bland. Dick Bland. Dicky Bland. Nobody has ever heard of this guy. and I certainly haven't. I mean, it, it's kind of a cool story. I mean, it's obviously the, the, the publicity he got was, was certainly earned. He has tried to qualify for the U.S. Open and the Open Championships, the British Open, and he has missed by one shot eight times combined for those two tournaments. Finally gets in, is the leader after two rounds, and takes... An absolute dump in his shorts and shoots six over on Saturday. Six over. He's, I believe, last time I checked, he was three or four over today. So, I mean, it's it's over for Dick. Um, it was a hell of a run. We were kind of talking about it on the weekend, too. We were like, you know what? I bet, like, this guy's obviously never had, like, a extended media presence, like, how he's going to get at the U.S. Open, especially after leading after the first two, like, going into, into uh, Saturday leading. And I, I got to figure that was a big reason to why he just absolutely folded. Oh, I mean, the pressure of the PGA Tour, that stage, the biggest stage in the world for golf, and you were leading. I mean, there was there was a 0% chance he was getting it done. It happens in, in two majors a year. There's a guy who is just out of nowhere, is leading the tournament, and they fold worse than Nate getting his first vaccination. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty... Yeah, yeah, he was probably worse than that. I mean, yeah. I was, I, I got at least back around. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's toast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a that was a good one actually. I was expecting lawn chair or something, but uh, yeah, me like my vaccination. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I have to keep that one in the back of my uh, back pocket. Uh, no, but it's I mean the leaderboard. If you're not watching golf right now, uh, it's it's Sunday afternoon for all those listening. I guess it's Monday morning now for all the listeners. But right now. Sunday afternoon, I'm expecting a lot of you to be watching golf because this leaderboard is jam-packed. You got Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley. Mackenzie Hughes is in there. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes, yep. Louis Eustazen. I mean, the names go on and on. The top Guido. Guido. <laughs> who I've never heard of. A guy who we've never heard of. is He's on the golf course. He's four under on the day, two under for the tournament. Not must, sure if he's going to make a run. Must be from New Jersey, no? I'm not sure where he's from. Yeah. Guido. Yeah, he's he. Isn't that he, what they call like yeah, the Jersey Shore on, people? Yeah, he featured on yeah. Jersey Shore. Yeah, he was there yeah. with DJ Pauly D. Yeah, him and DJ Pauly D were out in the bar scene. I, th- I think he co-wrote "Beat That Beat Up." Yeah. No, but uh, uh, yeah. it's, it's certainly going to be an exciting finish here. I mean, I my chips are on Rory, 
Bryson or Brooks. I think one of the big dogs gets it done. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Lou Hughes stays in, but I think Russell Henley and Mackenzie Hughes, I think they are on a one-way street to Dickie Blanville. <laughs> Dickie Blanville, Mackenzie Hughes came right out of the gate here Sunday and fucking bogeyed. Yeah. Hole one. Who, who are your picks again? You had DeChambeau. Brooks. Brooks. Xander, who are all in the top ten right now. And right. Patrick Cantlay, I think he's three overs. So they all made the cut. I mean, decent set of picks. Yeah. For I an mean, outright winner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're all in the running. I mean, they're a hell of a lot better than mine. I mean, I had, what, I had two. I had uh, Cam Smith, who yep. he missed the cut. And uh, last I saw of him, he snapped his club in half and chucked it down the fairway. Yep. So I respect the hell out of that. I mean, it's a statement. It is. And then my other pick, Justin Thomas, last I saw of him, he just went OB over a a prison-sized fence. So I'd say he's just about toast as well. I'm rooting for Hughes here, though. Let's get the Canadian win the U.S. Open. That would be a major, major accomplishment for a Canadian. Be the first time a Canadian has ever won a major outside of the Masters, obviously, Mike Weir. Shout out. Uh, for winning yep. the Masters, but uh, this is 2003, right? Yep, 2003. Uh, Mike's had a, had a pretty good year, but uh, we're not going to get too off topic like we did last week. But uh, <laughs> a lot of good reviews, actually, Nate, from yeah. from some of the listeners. I mean, obviously, you know, we uh, we don't promote that here on the podcast, but every once in a while, it's nice to get a little loosey goosey and, and let the fans know that uh, that we are human and that we can record a little under the influence. I don't even know if that you could consider that as a, a little loosey goosey. Like we were. We were. I was okay at the start, and then by the end of it, I didn't have a whole lot of recollection. We had to, we had to check it out before <laughs> before letting it go public. There, there was some editing. There was some. There were some things we had to take out of the episode. And, and as you can imagine, I mean, when you're recording, a little bit buzzed. I mean, but uh, you know, it was a good episode. But uh, but no, listen, the uh, the U.S. Open is certainly going to be a big time finish. Uh, tune in. We'll uh, we'll recap it next weekend for uh, for episode 42. Um, but Nate. We got to give some love to the Euro 2020 because last week we we skipped over it. We we tried oh. to get to our picks. It it was it was a beater on the bush show. I mean, we it took us you know half an hour to get to our picks for the Euro 2020. But it's alive and well. It's exciting to watch soccer. I, I don't do it often, uh, but you know I've been enjoying it. I, I do love you know the lively crowds and just the atmosphere that soccer brings. And obviously, it can be a, a slow game at times, but there's always eventful. Like one yeah. team's usually in one end trying to create a chance. Yeah, there's usually something good going on. I mean, you get the odd game like the England Scotland one the other day. That was you know big rivalry there between those two countries, and they ended up just tying zero zero. Yeah, which is like I don't know, kind of sucks. Oh. But, like, what even happened in the game, you know? For sure. Nothing. Reminds me of my first NHL game, 2003. Lou Lamorello's New Jersey Devils versus the Boston Bruins in TD Garden won nothing. They scored five minutes into the game. And that was it, eh? That was it. Oh, man, that's going to be the worst, too. Because you, you go to the rink and you you want to hear, like, you want to hear the goal horn of your team. You want to you see, you want to get the whole experience, right? You want to yep. at least see a goal. Oh, Oh, that's too bad. I've actually, of all the Caps games I've been to, I haven't seen them get scored on. Wow. Yeah. Been so I'm in Montreal. They had two penalty shots. Alex Semin, slap shot. <laughs> Absolute classic. And then I saw another one in D.C. They played Toronto, beat them 4 nothing. So they have yet to been scored on yet, which is, I mean, the complete opposite of what you endured. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're talking Euro. Um, what was it? Cristiano Ronaldo, he took over the Portugal lead. For goals all time, I do not know the number, but I believe it's somewhere around a hundred, yeah. which is actually insane to think about. Yeah, that first that first game, 
I caught a little bit of it, and, and he scored the penalty shot. Yeah, uh, the penalty kick. Is that is that correct? Yeah, PK penalty kick. Penalty whatever. Kick. Uh, I mean, we'll so probably get grilled on if if we put it on TikTok. We probably yeah, get grilled. Yeah. I, I mean, can't even call it soccer. The European followers on TikTok grill us for calling it soccer, and you know that's just kind of the way the way we roll here in, in Canada. But but yeah, I mean. Cristiano Ronaldo is a specimen. I mean, he yeah. is just actually. Did you see his his post game interview? Uh, they obviously Coca Cola has paid yeah you know probably millions of dollars to have oh, the product placement. Coca Cola is always a major sponsor for the tournament. Front like, and front and center, and he just moves them and says, "Do not drink Coke. Drink, drink water," <laughs> which is just wild. Like, I wonder. Do you think he got? He must have got sued. No. Yeah. Maybe not. He I think got fined. I mean, I don't know. I fined. Yeah. There's, there's definitely. They're, they might have to reevaluate that. I mean, I mean, yeah. Coke's got products that are healthier. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But obviously, like Coca Cola is their, it's their go to, right? Like butter. this is their, yeah, yeah. But, but none of these athletes are drinking that. No, oh my no. God, not even close. Like, well, I guess we shouldn't say that. Some of them do. Like Ovechkin, he's been spotted drinking Coca Cola on the bench. I remember Zdeno Chara. I think yeah, I, one. I, I but think maybe it'd be not different. soccer. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. An endurance sport when you need yeah. a jolt of yeah. like sugar. Like these guys are literally like the most fit athletes like these guys are just literally like maybe not per se the most fit but they're like they're so like small you yeah. know what i mean like they're not they're not drinking a whole lot of coke no but uh yeah you know another thing too with him when you mentioned penalty kicks um what an advantage that is for him to score too like you know what i mean like obviously he's a stud but at the same time it's like okay well he's probably got like half of those goals as penalty kicks just because he's an absolute stick like he's not missing very many penalty kicks no, which I mean, is a massive help for him to get those if you're goals. You're the goalie, up. and you're like, oh fuck. It sucks for those goalies too, man, because like the whole rule is you got to sit on the goal line until the ball is hit, and it's like, well, okay, fuck, I'm gonna. They literally guess. jump and guess yeah. to a side, which is just an insane tactic that you think would have maybe died out in like the '60s. I know, but they just go for it and pray to God. But guys still miss it. I mean, obviously, it'd be a cool stat to see is the percentage of goals that are made on penalty kicks in in soccer. I mean. I mean, obviously, they, it's earned, you know. I, I don't know how the, the penalty kick was earned in that situation. But honestly, yeah, Christian Ronaldo leading, I mean, all-time leader. I mean, that, that was bound to happen. But, I mean, it's 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 an incredible feat and, and uh, yeah. certainly definitely one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, he's, I mean, between, obviously, Leo Messi's not in the tournament. But those two, I think, for me. And I'm obviously big Mbappe fan, too. But just while we were breezing over the um, the penalty kicks, I wanted to talk about Ukraine's goalie. Um, I was watching them against uh, North Macedonia, which, I, as far as I was, I knew before this tournament, I didn't even know that was a country. If you told me to place that on a map with the, the I mean, the only in, guess I've got right now is that it's in Euro. Yeah, it's <laughs> because be, it's yeah, in the tournament. Yeah, but it, holy, nah, holy! I don't know. Fuck, like maybe by man, I can't even think. It's got to be just in that cluster area by like Croatia. You think, I right? I mean, I have no sweet I, I couldn't tell you either, but I'm interested to look it up. Anyway, uh, Ukraine's goalie, he was on, as we were talking about penalty kicks, like obviously how they jump. This guy was on such a tear the other day against them. He ended, he got scored on once. Obviously, like Ukraine's not the strongest team ever. North Macedonia is probably the worst team in the tournament. But he, this dude was like just diving top corner, knocking balls away. And they had a penalty kick. The guy saved it. And then the rebound came out and his team couldn't clear it. That's how they scored. No way. Yeah, he saved everything. It was a, it was a ridiculous performance. Um, what else we want to go to? Oh, one of your picks on your pick is Italy. Italy, and they are on a buzzsaw warpath. Yeah, I heard some great things pre-tournament. Obviously, you know I listened to 
know, the social media here and there, or, you know, the noise of, of who were some good picks. And I heard Italy was a good pick, but I mean, they were a better pick than I'd imagine. They mm-hmm. had them in the international stage, Nate, have been have been incredible. I mean, it's been only uh, almost unprecedented what they what they've got on the go right now in the international stage. What was the stat you said? Um, it's they are now over a thousand minutes straight without conceiving a goal. That's... So it's like what eleven and a half games, something like that, which is just wild. I believe it goes into qualifying back to October twenty twenty, which is, I I mean I don't think they play a whole lot of games. Like I don't want to get quoted on this, but I think they only play like a game a month on qualifying. Yeah, which I mean probably would make a little bit of sense leading up to the tournament. I think they would have been well, they would have been qualified before then. It was probably some exhibition games and stuff too. So, I mean, it's still ridiculous. They've scored, I believe, thirty two goals without letting one in. It's which is just wild. So. Incredible stuff. And they won their group. Uh, so, I mean, you've got a 3-0 team heading in, so you're looking pretty good so far. Man, it's worth noting, like, what a roller coaster of a ride it is for the soccer players and the different leagues, different teams that they're playing in. Like, it's just, what a whirlwind of a season they go through in different, you know, different leagues and different teams, like I said, and, and just, you know, all over the place. Like, I, I can't, I mean, I, I follow it a little bit. I, you know, I understand the, the different leagues and the demotions and the promotions. And, yeah. But, I mean, what a what a hard league to follow. I really don't know what's going on. Like, at this time of the year, I've got no idea the stat. Like, I think Chelsea just won the Champions League, but I don't really know what that means for the Premier League. I don't really know the, what that means. The Premier League, like the winner of the Premier League, I believe, for the Champions League is the Premier League and then the Spanish League, and they all play off against each other, no? Okay. Is that what it is? That might, yeah, I, I mean, think that, so. that makes sense. I found the hardest thing I've always struggled with with soccer is I have no idea what time of year these things are going on. Yeah. I, I can't keep track of it, and, you know, I ask a few guys that I know that are really into soccer, and they're like, oh, this happens in April and this happens in July, and I'm like, well, how the hell are these guys, like playing this season, doing this. They're also qualifying. Like, everything's so spread out and so well. Like, it, there's just soccer all the time. Yeah, and you're it's, just you're playing with a bunch of different teammates all the time. Yeah. And, um, no, I mean, it's awesome. But uh, my question, Nate, is there guys from the MLS that are be playing in the Euro right now? Uh, or would these guys all be in the Euro leagues? Okay, so the thing would be, like, say a, a guy that was playing in the MLS would be probably a little past his prime, right? So... Say, like, I believe Griezmann, who's on France, he said when his contract's up in 2024, he, he quoted the other day saying he he'll, that'll be the time he goes to play in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably go to, like, L.A. Galaxy like yeah. da- David Beckham did. Yeah. I mean, um, Didier Drogba came over and he played for Montreal Impact because he's from Ivory Coast and they predominantly spe- uh, French-speaking yeah. country. Cool. So that one makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as it would be extremely unlikely unless perhaps there was like some crazy like maybe a, t- a guy from like north macedonia for instance yeah like if he was over here yeah. playing he, they're not going to have a whole lot of english premier league presence you know that's right so and that, that would be mainly due to pay i mean they'd be paying much much more yeah yeah in over in the european leagues than they would over in the mls for sure yeah and well what a great way to end your career for a guy who's yeah and then come over here right well they the still make bank America. oh yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it is a good way to go and and obviously I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people would come over here too if it was more of like a premier soccer market. Like yeah. the MLS is is almost as bottom of the barrel as it gets, really, when you look at like the English Premier League. Like that is that's like the NHL for like a, someone from Finland kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know what the rankings are. I don't know the numbers and the and the TV um, the TV numbers, but I think Can't that I think that you would think that the MLS would be below the Big Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely below NHL. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, speaking of the NHL, Nate, we got to move in. We got four teams left standing. Um, I mean, the series, man, like I, 
at the beginning of these two series, I would have said, man, it's 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 going to be Tampa, it's going to be Vegas, and those two teams are going to roll. Yep. But Montreal, man, kudos to Montreal. I want to start off in that series, man. They keep on surprising me. They keep like they're they're up two one against Vegas right now. Uh, they just keep getting it done, and they're playing a gritty style, and it's just, you know, hats off, kudos, tip of the hat, man. It's been unbelievable what they're doing. It's wild stuff, and I, I got to issue an apology to Montreal fans. I, I mean, we both maybe. We we had bets going with Montreal fans that they weren't even going to make the playoffs this season. Yeah. Like, we had we had a few bets going. Um, obviously, those were paid up because they certainly made the playoffs, and they're still going. But I remember even when we were recapping Toronto-Montreal, I was like, Toronto, like, this is your shot. Like, this Montreal team is not good. Yeah. And they're just proving everybody wrong, man. It's, and it's wild. It's crazy. I mean, it, it just it just goes to, to say, you know, how much our opinions and, and the average fans' opinions, because every NHL analyst had Montreal just dead dead in water. Everybody picked everybody. Toronto. Yeah, every single every single person who was, was checking out the NHL outside of those Montreal fans. And, and it just goes to show, I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter what you think. You know, they're playing well. They brought their game. They're having a crazy month of, of playing hockey, and, and they're still alive. And it's, it's really goes to show. I still don't think they're going to get it done. Really? I'm still not sold that they're going to beat Vegas, but they're still alive and well. I, I'm opposite. I think they're, I want them to win. Okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't been a huge Montreal fan in the past, but honestly, ever since COVID started, I've, I've been able to like kind of just enjoy every team that I kind of disliked a little more. But I just to, Go against your point. I think they're going to win just because Vegas, um, I was thinking about this. So Vegas, each year, they kind of have this like one defining moment, I feel like, that kind of like ends their season or there's like kind of that's where everything goes wrong. Like when they played Washington, they were up one nothing in the series in the final. They went to tie the game and uh, Holpe had that crazy paddle save. You remember that? And then after that, Washington just won out. And then when they played San Jose... Um, I believe it was two years ago now because it wasn't in the bubble. They they were up four one in the third, had that power play, yeah, blew it, insane. blew it, and and I just look at this flurry thing like this is a one one series. They're about to take a two one series lead in Montreal. They're about to get their home ice advantage back for I guess however everybody goes about that like, and I mean they just kind of it's just a little squibble by flurry and it's in the back of the net and then it's two one and I I just think Montreal's gonna and and now they're talking about playing Leonard tonight just out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't hate the call. I think Robin Leonard's a great goalie as well. Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleur's had the better year. Yeah. But, I mean, after that moment, I mean... <sighs> Leonard also got lit up against Colorado. Like, game one, they put him in, and he it was like 7-1. Yeah, he did. I mean, it's a tough place to be in. I mean, that's sure. why I don't, you know, I don't want to have, you know, Pete DeBoer's call right now because yeah. that's, that's a challenging call. It would be tough. Yeah, it'd be a brutal decision. Uh, it it kind of, too, I hate how they asked him today, and they... They were just pretty much like, hey, who's starting? Uh, Leonard was the first one off, which usually signifies he's going to be the starter. And uh, when the media asked him, he was just like, I'm not telling you shit, basically. And it's it, and we talked about it, I think, on a prior podcast, how annoying that is for like just like the betting landscape where it's becoming such a big market. And it's so hard to make a bet on a team when you don't know who's playing net. I think that's going to change. As, it has to. As it continues to legalize across the United States and as the, the laws get... Um, get eased uh, yeah. across Canada. I think that um, that the NHL teams are going to have to publicize who's starting, who's going, who's injured, what they're injured with. The yep. NFL has to do all this yeah, uh, because it's such a prominent betting landscape. And, and I think, yeah, the NHL is, is behind the times in that. It's so annoying, like you said. I mean, you know, how are we supposed to make a money line bet tonight on the Vegas-Montreal game if we don't know who's starting in goalie? 
and honestly, like it, it would differ for me. Like I would go if if Leonard's in, I'm I'm going, I'm riding Montreal, and if Flurry's in, I'd probably take Vegas to tie it up. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't know, I'm not too big on Leonard. He's obviously been good sometimes, but. And now that I think about it, man, why not give Marc Andre Fleury? He's been your guy. He's a Vezza finalist. He had made a mistake. He's probably fired up. Like he's yeah, back in Montreal. Keep riding him. Yeah. Like, let him let him make amends. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Players get to do it. You can't just. Ah, it's such a tough situation too, because I mean they had that game in the bag. Yeah, he did kind of blow it for him, but uh, um, you know. another crazy, crazy event that happened. Nate is Dominic Ducharme. Oh yeah, positive with COVID nineteen pre game three. I mean, I hate the guy, and I've publicly <laughs> said this, but you don't like him. I hate him. Why? Because I think we talked about this last episode. But I don't remember, so I'm going to bring. Yeah, it up I was going to say I don't either. In so. the 2017 World Juniors. Oh yeah, McKinnon. No, no. Oh, he was he was coaching oh. Drake and Kale McCarr, and he never played them. Oh, he, those yeah. are the two most predominant uh, NHLers right now from that team. And Drake was the thirteenth forward, and he played them on the power play. And Kale McCarr was the seventh defenseman. Well, Drake played third line, wasn't he? I thought there was another yeah. guy who was thirteenth forward. But, yeah, that's right. But, but he still should have been up the exactly, lineup. He led yeah. the tournament in scoring. Exactly. Yeah. And Kale McCarr yeah. is Kale fucking McCarr. It was unbelievable how he treated those two guys, and I just haven't liked them since. And I mean, honestly, I don't know his tactics, and I haven't followed the Montreal Canadiens closely enough to see how he's balancing the lineup. But at the beginning of the NHL playoffs, when he was sitting Cole Caulfield, that again was like, was I one. hate this guy. Yeah, and and then he just and everybody knew too he was coming in like game two or three, regardless. So it was like, why are we doing this right now? Like, who are you playing over top of him? Also, while we're talking about this, where the hell is Druen? Is he hurt or is he just scratched? He's dealing with some mental health issues right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. So okay. obviously you don't, I mean, it's such a, it's such a challenging area of, of life right now. And obviously we're thinking about him and, and obviously, yeah. you know, you get well soon, but yeah, I agree. I mean, what a big loss that is for Montreal Canadians. And I mean, out of nowhere, really, you don't know what he's dealing with and yeah. you hate to, to speculate on, on any front about what that guy's dealing with. But yeah, I mean, Jonathan Durant, what a hole. I mean, what a, he would add a spark. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, so hopefully everything is all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that guy, obviously, we saw watch him play in Halifax for a couple of years, and he was ridiculous. Yep. Him and McKinnon, obviously, and he can get hot, too. I remember with Tampa, there would be – he, he kind of is like a Kuznetsov kind of – Kuznetsov salmon, if I like have a Washington reference. Like, he's kind of uh, – he takes nights off, and then, but he's such a high talented player that you just wish like he could give it to you every night, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, I, I always find when I watch Jonathan Drouin, I think he holds the puck a little too long. He tries to create a lot of things from yeah. his own zone, but I mean, yeah, he's a heck of a hockey player. He's a guy, especially in the special teams world, that he adds oh, yeah. a lot. You know, he can he, he makes a lot of great passes. He's he's just highly he's a high skilled player. I mean, he's 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 an unbelievable talent, and and yeah, I mean. The Montreal Canadiens are moving on without him. But Josh Anderson, man, too, he is a guy that should be playing at a higher level, but obviously came in clutch in Game 3, yep. scoring the, the tying goal and the game winner. But, I mean, that guy, I mean, they, if they can still get a little bit more out of some of the guys in their lineup, I mean, man, Montreal, you're right. I mean, they, they, they're on a they're on a one-way ticket to the, uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals, but not willing to give it to them yet. Yeah, no. I mean, it's still a long uphill battle. They still got to go back to Vegas, and we'll see what happens then. But we'll see what happens tonight, too. Like, this is a big game. If they can pull this off, man. Yeah. I mean, I can't see them allowing what Toronto did for them. Yeah. Uh, If I I don't think I explained that. I said that at all, right? Losing a 3-1. Yeah, they're not going to blow a 3-1 lead. Yeah. Um, Um, But uh, but the other series, Nate, Tampa Bay versus the New York Honors. Man, again... 
the Islanders, they just play this gritty brand of hockey, and they just get it done, man. They capitalize on all the opportunities they get. They may not dominate the entire game. They may not look like the better team, but they get it done. And it's it's they play so well defensively. They clog. They give you no space, mm-hmm. and they and they really target the players like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. They they don't give these guys time and space, and it's and it's 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 been wor- it's worked tremendously well. I mean, we talked, we pumped the tires off of Barry Trotz and, yeah. and Lula Amarillo last uh, last episode. But, I mean, this New York Islanders team is in it, and that, that series is tied 2-2. Well, it's impressive, too, how you say they um, they clog up everything and make it so hard for them. And it, it kind of a testament to how good Braden Point is. Because this guy's on a seven-game goal streak, and, and he's not – like, these goals are – so hard earned yeah. like he's he's on his back like flipping him into the net and just grinding for them but uh i find the islanders remind me a lot of the canadians you know what i mean they don't have anyone like crazy crazy like barzell obviously yeah and barzell's been awesome. so good man yeah. um but they're just like they're kind of like low-key deep you know what i mean like yeah. they're, they're, it's all these like kind of like fringe second third liner guys that just kind of like all the way through the lineup and they make like a pretty solid squad and obviously, as we talked about Barry Trotz, he's been absolute, like, this guy's a free coach. And you know what's great about building a team like that is that, uh, for the Boston Bruins example, we like to bring up our teams that we follow closely. But you're not depending on one line to get it done for you every night. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, like, I mean, it can come from anywhere, and, and you're not highly dependent on if Bergeron, Marshawn, or Pasternak can score two goals that night to get it done. I mean, it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. You know, it's a it's an, a full team effort top to bottom, and, and yeah, man, they, I mean... I, I still think Tampa Bay is going to win that series, but man, they are putting up a good fight. I think Tampa is too, just from like from watching it. Tampa has these stretches where they're just so dominant, but I really want the Islanders to win. I want an Islanders-Habs final. I, I don't want to see Vegas. I, I'm just not a – I don't know. I just don't want to see Vegas in there. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. That's I'm, that's a that's a personal opinion that you're allowed yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Um, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I'm I'm rooting for the honors. I kind of I kind of want them to win the cup, which is just crazy because I thought they were such a pretender the last like few years. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird year, man. Way. It is a weird year, and I mean I, I cannot wait for the next season next season to start for this to be over with. I I, I mean I'm not going to overlook these last few series in the Stanley Cup final. Obviously, I'll be tuned in and watching, but. Man, it's going to be fun to have fans back in every building and, and everything. You know, the, the the divisions realigned back to their oh, their, yeah. their their normal ways. And and yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be crazy. I mean, we'll keep you updated next week. Next week we next week for our podcast, we should have the uh, should have the Stanley Cup final intact. Yeah, we should know. Yep, no, yeah, we definitely should. because yep. game, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll have a we'll probably have a preview coming up. Yeah, we'll and then have we'll to have to have an expansion draft preview coming up pretty soon too. Absolutely, yeah. We'll have to see where uh, Seattle is going to be looking, and and uh, yeah, I mean we'll see how they end up too. Yep. Uh, but Nate, we are going to move into the NBA, and the NBA, as is the NHL, is is getting closing in on on you know reigning their champion um, in the next month. Excuse me. Mm. <laughs> Might have to edit that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Pukes. But uh, the Brooklyn Nets, man, the Brooklyn Nets are done. They and I, I couldn't be happier about this because I hate this ideology. I hate this strategy of stacking one team with three of the top players in the league, and and that's just okay from everyone. And but they are done. Kyrie Irving was injured. James yeah. Harden didn't look himself. Kevin Durant is back to being the top scorer in the NBA. But they didn't have enough to get past the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who I think are going to get it done. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big hurdle to get over 
if yeah, for Milwaukee. I mean, yep. they're they're rolling. I mean, you got LeBron's done. Yep. Like it's it's looking good for them. Um, what a wild game last night too, man. That was a hell of a game seven. Oh my goodness. Almost like just a an all time classic immediately kind yeah, of vibe. Like absolutely. You had them overtime. Bro- yeah, Brooklyn tying it late. Or was it Milwaukee? I can't even remember now. I was so asleep watching it. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get to catch the game, but it was. I mean, obviously, you get you catch the highlights, and it's just back and forth, yeah. and and I mean, it's just star studded. I mean, you've got two of the top players in the league going head to head, and Giannis and and uh, and Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah. uh, awesome. But I think Brooklyn, man, they're going to be around for a long time. Those oh. three guys aren't going anywhere, and they're going to be back next year. So they're going to be the, the heavy favorites in the East next year. It was such a weird overtime, too. I believe both teams just had two points for the majority of it. It was just a few missed shots, and then it came down to Kevin Durant at the end, and he had he had it. But uh, it was going to be a tough shot. There was like point three on the clock, and I think he was shoot. He thought he was taking a. They thought it was a two pointer at first, but it would if he would have hit it, he would have won it. But it was an air ball, so you're not going to win much with those. But no, you're not. That's too bad. We got another game seven tonight, too, Nate. We got the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks, which I mean, and from a gambling standpoint, nobody gave the Atlanta Hawks a chance in this series. The seven seed. Uh, yep, they yeah. are. Um, Phillies won. Yep. Yep. I think the seven seed, the Hawks. Uh, maybe they're the five. I think they're the pull four, it up. yeah they're the five seed they beat the Knicks uh, oh yeah right handily, the right. four or five yeah they're the five seed but yeah but regardless I mean Trey Young man this guy is unbelievable and he gets no love it's actually crazy I mean if we were talking about Luka Doncic in this same position I was reading this online and I agree with the opinion I mean Trey Young has to get more love this guy is an unbelievable point guard man and I you know, I love his game and I I love his brand and and I think that you know he's gonna have a tremendous career in the NBA. But, uh, but man, I think Philly gets it done tonight. I mean, I love Joel Embiid, and, and Ben Simmons, obviously, who can't shoot, but it's just he's just a mismatch at that one position. So, um, yeah. Joel Embiid's hilarious, too. I was watching some interviews with him, man. He is funny as hell. Oh, yeah. How old is Trey Young? Uh, 22. Okay, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's been so much talked about him lately, too, with the... Was the spitting incident? Yeah. Something like that. Someone yeah. spit on him or something, which is just ridiculous in a COVID pandemic. <laughs> but... You know, it's Philly, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, uh, I mean, another thing, another major headline in, in the NBA was uh, was the Suns. The Phoenix Suns uh, took down the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets were in tough. They have the MVP, uh, Jokic, but they were missing Jamal Murray, their star point guard. So they were in tough for the entire playoff run. But, uh, but after the Suns won, there was these two Nuggets fans giving it to this Suns fan. And and there's an altercation going on in 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 the in the top row of the, it looked like the lower bowl, and yep. and this guy proceeds to turn around and almost throw a sucker punch at this guy who's a row below her, and my God did he ever get his ass kicked? Oh, dude, there was well, there's a couple of Nuggets fans up there just kind of like talking some shit. They looked like they had that like TikTok guy vibe, uh, yep. you know. And they're just anyway. That guy, the Suns and Four guy. What he turned around? He's what was he doing? He's like the Suns and Four. You see how much money that guy's or what he's been doing? He's he's on a media tour basically. Yeah. He's got a thing with Barstool for fifty yeah. percent of shirts. Yeah. Um. He I I believe he has an action figure. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say he's got an action figure. <laughs> oh man! Did you see also the um the Nuggets guys? So they obviously like. Anybody who sees this video, if you've seen it, you know these Nuggets guys did not win this fight. Yeah. Like, it didn't happen. There was a Snapchat. Did you see that? No. It was their Snapchat, and they had it. They were, like, walking down the road. They're saying they're, they're white guys. They're saying the N-word, so people are already pissed about that, which, can you blame them? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what are you doing? And this is on their, their Snapchat. They're also saying they won the fight. They're like, oh, yeah, we fucked that guy up. And everybody's just like, are these guys kidding me? Yeah. Like, that guy took six solid 
punches the face oh. and then fold it at his mercy. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't, no more, no more, no yeah. more. And then I, I love it after like five seconds, he just gives him one more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love like it. That son's guy, man, just the, the that his face just yeah. looks like that. He looks hilarious. Oh yeah, like that was that. It's funny how that just like one little thing like that was really like the whole talk of the series. No, ex exactly. And Devin Burker reached out. He said, I need this guy's info on Twitter. He got him tickets, got him a jersey, got him into the next. To the Eastern Conference or to the Western Conference final, like I mean, I love it. I I mean, obviously we don't uh, we don't condone that type of activity in, no, in sports games. No, I it, hate it seeing that stuff in a yeah. sports game oh, too. Yeah. There was it with the Colorado and Vegas. The Vegas fans went and stole their flag and like yeah. ran away. It's like, dude, you guys are like forty. I know. Like, what are you doing? I know. But uh, no, and, and I, I guess to kind of end off the the NBA talk, Nate, I wanted to talk a little bit about the U.S. basketball team because, man, there are some stars heading to the Olympics, and this U.S. team is going to win the Olympic gold. I just like nearly go, I nearly guarantee it. And I mean, I, I feel as if it hasn't been that popular lately for these guys to go over and play for their team. But man, it's it's going to be star-studded. Guys like Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum. Is LeBron going? LeBron's not going. Which right, because I remember he was saying, he was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going. I might, I'm focusing on the Space Jam thing exactly, or something. It's like, yeah. for the love of God. I know. I don't know why LeBron wouldn't do that. I mean, LeBron... He's He's gone a few times. Yeah, But I it's know. something you always want to go to, right? I know. I think so. Guys like Draymond Green, uh, Devin Booker. I mean, this team is going to be Bradley Beal. I mean, this team is going to be absolutely stacked. I mean, I don't know any other countries. I mean, I know that some of the, like Spain. Spain's usually well. good. Yeah, you got to figure. Like, yeah, you. I mean, is Greece going to qualify? You'd have to think what they would with uh, Giannis, right? Yeah. I'm, I'd have to look up. Like we obviously haven't looked up uh, who's in, but I feel like a guy like that could like you know what I mean. It's like when Slovenia, yeah, yeah, like when Slovenia goes and Anze Kopitar is the only NHL player, but he's still yeah. getting them there because yeah. he's that good. Like. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll take a look here at the Spain Olympic roster. But it's crazy how um, um, every single year the U.S. is just like, it's such a foregone conclusion that they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like any other big four sport where it's like, this country produces the best talent by far. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. But uh, it is a testament to the basketball programs in the United States. And, and yeah, I mean, they are, they, I mean, I cannot wait to watch the Olympics. I'm so excited that Tokyo yep. is doing it. They're hosting it. It's going to happen. And, I mean, the golf is going to be exciting. The basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the swimming events are always fun. I mean, the fastest man in the world will be crowned. I mean, the Summer Olympics are awesome. They are. Are they going to have speed walking again this year? I mean. It's one I'll, of my favorite events. I'll tune in. Oh my god, it's the, just comedy the gold. It. The motion of it. It's almost like I always wondered too. It's like how did you, how did you begin to become an Olympic speedwalker? How did you find out? Yeah, you were good at speedwalking. Like it, mu it must have just been from elementary school, you know. Yeah, it's it was, like no running in the halls. You like got so good at speedwalking. They're like, we got to get this guy to an Olympic squad. It was some guy a sport. in his grade five classroom, and he's just holding one, and he's got to use the washroom. And he grabs that bathroom key and he speed walks and the principal's walking by and was like, holy shit, uh, that guy can move. <laughs> it's so, it would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fifth grader at that event. Yeah, just you buzzing. Can, like, you can, um, I'm trying to pull it up, but it's really hard to find. I got Paul Gasol is hopeful to go. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he would. Um, what do we have here? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Um, Canada obviously won't be there, I'm assuming. No, I don't think which they qualify. Which is a shame. But I think moving forward, Canada will qualify. They, I mean, we're reading Canadian basketball players left, right, and center. Uh, the NBA is is, uh, is getting our best talent here from, from north of the border. So, yeah, I mean, we should be in the in the international stage here in, in years to come. But, uh, 
But uh, neat. There's not even a, it's it's incredible how there's not even a, a list on here for a Spain team. It's like, challenging it's, to find it's these top two. I'm sure a lot of people haven't committed as well. So yeah, but um, we'll update you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might pop it up on Instagram. Yeah, we'll keep you updated. Um, I wanted to talk one more thing before we get into our segment. This week's segment, we are going into the things that drive you crazy on the golf course. Oh man, we had to narrow it down to just three each. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we might have to do it again sometime. 100%. But uh, there is one thing that grinded my gears, and it grinds my gears the amount that this term is thrown out and used so loosely, and it's the term GOAT, the greatest of all time. And the NFL is the guilty party here because they released a photo on Instagram previewing their new 2020 game and they had a picture of one big goat and one small goat and I was like right away I was fucking pissed because Tom Brady because Tom Brady's clearly the goat and then Patrick Mahomes has won one Super Bowl yeah it's crazy and they're giving him the goat title there's only one goat it's (laughs) well that's the thing we were talking about this earlier. There can only be one goat for one sport. It is the term is greatest of all time. Yes. I hate when people say, "Oh, they're the goats." It's like greatest of all times? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And it's just so annoying because it, you're right. It does get thrown around so much. It's like one guy will do like like Braden Point for instance. You know, he's on a seven game goal yeah. streak. I, I guarantee you go find something on Twitter where it's like, "Yeah, Point's the goat." It's yeah. like, "Is he?" Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Wayne fucking Gretzky. Um, last time I checked, it's number 99. Yeah, last time I checked, it's actually the guy who has more assists than anybody else has points. Yeah, Not it, a guy on a seven-game goal streak. It's ridiculous how loosely the term's used. And, and I mean, it's going to be usely, usely, loosely, loosely used. used. Strokey stroke. Yeah, no, that's a, that's just a, a tough word-on-word action. It is. But, it's a little uh, bit of a tongue twister. But no, that's... She sells seashells by the... Seashore. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, Guy's not a riddle guy. Uh, no, that was... Uh, that was something that grinded my gears this week. Gears. Um, but, He's in a uh, tongue twister mess now. But no, I think it's time to break into our segment. The biggest things that grind our gears, that drive us nuts on the golf course. Okay. Because a lot of you are golfers, and a lot of these situations arise quite frequently, and they grind gears. Yeah. You started off because you've got about 19 there, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. First situation, very common situation. But if you're playing behind someone on a par five or you're playing in a group with someone and they are probably 260, 270 yards out and they are holding up the entire fucking golf course because they're thinking they're going to hit this green 10 feet for eagle, it never happens. If you wait for a green to clear, you're going to shank it. You're going to hit it at 100. You're going to top it 100 yards. You're going to. It honestly never works out. Hit the ball. If you hit the green, the group ahead of you will be... Yell four, they'll be understanding. It was a 260-yard shot. Yeah. I get it if it's like 190 or like yeah, 180 yeah. You, yards. You, you, can't you can't be hitting go. there. No. Yeah. And typically, too, the, the group behind you can hit their drives because exactly. you're so far up. You just got to get up there a little bit. And obviously, it depends, too. Like, say you're having an unreal round. You don't want to do that punch up. You want to get there quick or something. But, I mean, for the most part, the person doing it, I'd almost guarantee, is not having a career round where it makes a difference. Like, just pop it up get it to the front of the green or whatever that you were going to do. Yeah. Just give it a whack. Yeah. Hit the shot. If it hits the green from 250, 60 yards, heck of a golf shot. The group will be understanding. Yell four. But don't wait 15 minutes to top 150 yards and for me to nearly snap my three-wood over the back of your legs. It's the worst, too, because the longer you wait, each second you wait to hit that shot, 
the odds rise and rise of you just duffing it. Yep. It's just how it goes. It is. It's it's how it works. Um, I'll get into my first one here. Uh, it is when people just simply will not accept that their golf ball is no longer to be found. Yeah. Oh, it's like say it's OB or it's in this like high rough or something. And, you know, you're sitting there, you're helping them out a little bit. You're looking for the ball and they're just, they won't accept the fact. They're like, well, man, it would have came in like right here or something. It's like, yeah, I know it would have because I saw it come in here and we can't find it. And it's been eight minutes. So we need to accept this, take a drop and move on. Yeah. I, I, I look for like, I don't know, man. I want to say like 30 to 45 seconds. Like, I'm just like, whatever. I'm not going to find it. And if I do, I'm probably not going to want to hit the shot. <clears throat> so let's just get the drop going here. Yeah. It, I Obviously, mean, the lost ball drop is significantly worse than a like a water drop but yeah so the 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 committees at the highest level of golf have now implemented a rule so it used to be that if you lost the ball you had to go re-tee hitting your third shot now there's a rule in place that you can drop a ball in the fairway where you think the ball was lost hitting four so it's a two-shot penalty yeah. so it speeds up play but i agree you have five minutes i think it's three i think it's three or five minutes to find your ball if you're looking for 10 minutes for this golf ball buddy Fuck off. Oh, it drives me nuts, man. It's actually so annoying. They just won't accept it. They're like, well, I don't know. And then I've, I've had one time I was playing with somebody and they they lost their ball. They're like, oh, did you see that? I was like, no, I didn't see it. They were like down over a, a slight hill. I didn't see the ball come up. Like I was over on the side, like getting things set up. They couldn't find it. So anyway, they took them about five minutes. They finally took a drop, took their shot. And then we had a group behind us, obviously, because this has taken a long time now. And by the amount of time from him chipping on with his drop ball... After he chipped on, he went and started looking for his ball again before he'd even finished up putting. I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing right now? That's ridiculous. It was it was one of the most all-time things I've ever seen. You want to hear my yeah. all-time story of this? Yeah. I'm not going to mention any names. I think you were in this party. But I went and played the rest of the hole, was on the next tee box, and the individual was still looking for the golf ball. Oh, off I their was drive. There. I was there. Off their drive. We had finished the golf hole. We're on the next tee box, and they're still looking for their ball. Like that right there yeah. is something that would drive you nuts. Dude, that's – and, and yeah, as it was on the other fairway, right? Their ball or somewhere, somewhere. they couldn't yeah. find it. Yeah. That's something I hate doing too. Like if I hook one on the other fairway, like if there's not a good option for me to get over there within like a minute span, I'm probably just going to leave it. And then hopefully it's there when I go pick it up. But if yeah. not, like, I, I hate, like, cutting in front, like, to go over, like, save another team's teeing up. It's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. It's like, I just shanked this, and now I have to, on the spot, punch one out. For sure. It's the worst. All right, my second one, Nate, is, is the yelling of four. I mean, people understand that if you hit a wayward golf shot that's going towards another group, another fairway, another hole, you yell four. It's not that hard to yell or scream, or do something to notify the other group that something's incoming. All the time, the ball bounces by me. Today, I was walking up the ninth hole at our local golf club. A ball, I was walking after the hole around to the turn. It bounced in front of me and clanked off the clubhouse, and what? nothing was yelled. Really? I nearly ran down the fairway and fought the guy. Holy smokes, man. It so so wait, you were on the you were leaving the green? Finished nine, walking around to the turn. Right. Oh, yeah, there I was gotcha. a section before the the one tee box at Kenwall and yeah. it bounced in front of me, hit the clubhouse and B by one? By one. Whole and no four. No four. That's man, that's the absolute like if you had to yell four, that is the time you have to yell it. There was there's so many people. people there. Yeah, like the starter walked over to me and said I didn't hear any four. Did he yell four? And I said there was no four yelled. And he was like like that's almost like kick them off the golf course. Yeah, seriously though, it's 
I've noticed it a lot too, man. People just like, they kind of wait and they wait and they're looking and I'm like, man, you should probably yell four. And then so many times we're like, I'm like, I, I assume they're going to yell it just because it's like, you don't really want to scream it on somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like sometimes it's, it's got to be done. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and I've seen a few where it's like, even like I'm thinking of 13 and there's a shot going wayward onto 14. There's a group there. We know because they just cleared the green yeah. and, and they don't yell. And I'm like, man, like, dude, this is like the most dangerous spot. Like. And it's, and th this goes to it's just the courtesy of your group members as well. Like I'm I'm typically you know I like to yell, so I always yell for no matter if it's my shot or if it's someone else's yeah. in your group. But it is the entire party of fours. It, sometimes if you hit the wayward shot, it may not be the first thing you think of. If you're in the group, yell four. If you think it's yeah, going to be a wayward shot, sure. it's just it is standard practice on the golf course. And if you're not the guy, if you're the guy who's hitting wayward shots, not yelling four, you got to start yelling four. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. It's it's like it obviously sucks. You got to yell it, and it's maybe for some people a pride thing. Even you know, yep. you're like, oh, I don't want to shank one, but for the love of God, you can't take your pride over somebody's life. Exactly. Like, um, my second one. This one drives me absolutely bonkers, man. When people bail on tee times like last minute, or they just don't show up, or they're late. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you had so much time, and unless it's like a, a reasonable thing, like you know what I mean? It's like, hey, like I, I got stuck in traffic, like I'm I'm having a hard time. Like you could still probably leave a little earlier, but like if it's an actual like serious thing, like you know what I mean? Like I got in a car accident, or there's an yeah. emergency or something. It's like yeah. obviously fine, but like I've had a few times where like guys are just like they're 40 it's it's like 30 minutes away and they're like yeah i'm in halifax can't make it and it's just like so you're telling me now yeah. like you obviously have been in halifax for a while like mix it in now we're gonna get stuck with a random single we got stuck with a random single due to this situation there the other week we it was a really hot day we were like all right we're gonna cart because it's so hot and the guy was walking so and, and the course was like wide open because of the hot so like we couldn't even buzz around because yeah. we had a guy walking it was just like man if you could have just let us know like a little earlier. Yeah, it's shitty for sure. We could have replaced you. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you're going to miss the tee time, let the guys know early. Um, I mean, there is a few instances where people have missed tee times with me that they're hungover, and that pisses me off too. Like if you've got a tee time at 7 in the morning, maybe hold back. Yeah. Maybe have four drinks instead of 12. You know, I get that things happen and, and parties and, and things get out of hand quickly, but listen, if you've got a golf game with the boys, with your friends, with it, with whoever – you know, make sure you're making your tee time. Show up early, hit some balls, hit some pots, you know, get it dialed in. Or if you're going to miss them, let them know with enough time so you can get a four. Yeah, let them, like, maybe let them know that night, yep. you know? Like, if you if you think you get a little too drunk and you're, you know, like, give them a text. Be yep. like, hey, I'm not going to make it. It still gives them time to maybe get something together. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, and another thing, too, is, like, a, a good hungover round, man, you never know how it's going to go. Like, yep. just some crazy something happened, you know? Like, yeah, well, you got to get back on the drinks. That's, Most that's likely, number yeah. one. Um, it's okay. a tough morning. I'm going to go with my final one. We're not going to get too much into okay. this. But this one is, honestly, this is this is the, this is is the for the rules makers of golf. This is for the USGA. This is for Golf Canada. This is for the people who make the rules. If you drive one 290 yards down the middle and you find yourself right in the middle of a chunked divot, yeah. you've got 90 yards from a divot, and I can't take my ball and put it on the fairway, that right there is a man-made object. That's like me hitting it onto a bench or something. Like that was not supposed to be there. I have never understood that rule, and I will continue not to understand the fairway that rule. divot that you can't take it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's stupid. I always just move mine out. Like if you're just playing like a like a casual game, because it's like, well, I'm not fucking doing this. But no. let's say you're in men's night or something, I'm not gonna move it. But yeah, it's it's a joke. Because it's well, I don't understand why they wouldn't change it. Like that is literally, as you said, it is. It's not what the fairway is supposed to be. Exactly. Like. 
Like, you're not supposed to... I get it in the raw for... I get it somewhere. It's like, if you've got a shitty lie, okay, yeah, you missed... You're that's, penalized. That's your fault. You're penalized yeah. for, for missing the fairway, for, for hitting an inaccurate shot. But if I hit one down the middle, and if I'm going to divot, I should be able to take it out, place it on the fairway, and hit my shot. That right there is the number one worst rule in golf right now. Yeah. No, I'd agree with you. It sucks. Um, for my last one... I was going to say it's like a golf etiquette one, but honestly, I saw one of the ones you have here that drives me nuts 10 times more, and that's doesn't fix pitch marks on the green. I There's so many times where it's like, I'll go along and like fix maybe like two or three, especially if, I, if I'm having a hard time finding mine because I don't hit it like the hardest. Sometimes like I have a small divot, it's a little harder to find, and we're not even sure, so I'll, I'll always make sure to fix a couple like while I'm on the green, especially ones that are just so obvious that you're like, how was this not fixed? And they're in your line. You've got to fix well, it. Well, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. then you also see, like, I don't know, you can kind of get an idea when you're seeing some guys playing, too, like, if they're not fixing or something. And um, I, I hate when you're, like, say you're coming up behind a group and you're, like, I can tell this is fresh. Yeah. Like, these guys, clear as day, are just not fixing anything. And they're just letting the greens get torched. And it's the worst, man. I hate that. Okay, there's three things on the first tee that you fill your pockets with. And this is for all those golfers out there. You get your tees... You get your ball mark to mark your ball, and you get your divot repair tool for the greens. You yep. get your one, two, three, and you're ready to rock and roll. Tee up your ball and go hit it. You have those three things. Those are the magic three things. If you don't have one of them, you're not going to play well. Yeah, just, just a superstition to golf. No, that's fair enough. I mean, at the same time, like if you do happen to like, I don't know, not have your ball mark or something. I mean, you can get by with a tee in all yeah. three circumstances, but that's yeah, right. it's bad luck. That's right. It's bad luck. That's right. You can get by with a tee. That is a good point. But right. it's not as good. Like no, fixing the geez, fixing no. the divots with a T sucks. No, it does. All right, Nate. Well, listen, man, that was a good episode. And uh, yeah, listen, we uh, we might have some big news for you guys next week. Um, you know, we're moving right along here. Keep keep following us. You know, keep supporting. Keep showing support. Keep following along with our TikTok, with our Instagram. And, and listen, we all we you know as always, we appreciate you guys. And yep. And uh, forty-one episodes and plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. Listen, guys. Thanks for listening and enjoy your week.